1: We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine.
0: Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 221. You guys know that we have mentioned it in previous episodes. Catherine and I are mildly obsessed with TikTok now. I think it might be the app that I use most on my phone, which is kind of a scary thought moving away from Instagram. But we have some of our favorite TikTokers on with us today. It's Colleen and Josh Leppert. They talk all about the language that we like, about hidden Disney magic, storytelling, imaginary, all of those things above. So we're so happy to have you guys on with us today. First things first, if you could introduce yourselves and if you have one, tell us one random fact that we may not know about you from social media.
2: Perfect. Well, hi, everyone. It is me, Colleen. Some people might recognize my voice that's been a common thread nowadays. <laughs> my favorite random fact about myself is that I have worked at all four Disney parks in Florida, 23 of the 25 resorts, both water parks, Disney Springs as well as ESPN Wide World of Sports.
3: And I'm Josh, Colleen's husband, a former Walt Disney Imagineer. And my fun fact that I can't really talk a whole lot about is that I have a hand in three separate attractions across Walt Disney World property.
0: Ooh, leave us <laughs> hanging.
1: I know, that's a yeah. Those are both some good facts.
0: We're going to have to meet at Hanger Bar after this, and, <laughs> and maybe we'll get it out of here. Make your brain, a little. Yeah. Nice
1: to meet though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Colleen, that is very interesting. I know Catherine's sister is a cast member, so we kind of know some of the language. So I guess it sounds like you like picking up shifts. I do.
2: <laughs> I do. <laughs>
0: and what's the worst location to work at and why is it Wild, wild, wild World of Sports?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, I would say the worst... It's not really the worst location. The most difficult location that I've found to pick up shifts at is Pack at the Magic Kingdom. So that's like basically parade control or crowd control. So when you think of fireworks, you think of parades. I worked less than six months back with the company after my college program. I worked a New Year's Eve pack shift. And basically, for four and a half hours, I made sure that no one stood inside of the fountain in front of baby care. So that was probably the most awkward, rough shift I've ever worked in my life.
3: When people were wanting to climb on top of each other to try and get a good view of the uh, the holiday fireworks. <laughs>
2: Literally, when someone when I first got in and they were like, "Okay, you're going to be guarding the fountain," and I went, <laughs> "What?" Were like, yes, stand in front of the fountain and make sure no one climbs in it on top of it or around it. Yeah. And my jaw just like dropped. And they were like, yeah. we're not kidding.
3: Fountain Guard cast remember that night. That was
2: Yeah, funny. that was the most <laughs> probably that's probably like mm-hmm. the worst shift to like pick up is like New Year's Eve at Magic Kingdom.
3: Wide world of sports is uh pretty tame compared to that
2: kind of Oh stuff. yeah. Wide world of sports <laughs> is super tame.
0: I guess it's probably not pack, it's probably like a character handler, but Catherine is your dream job still to be a Kevin handler?
1: One hundred percent. Yeah, I tell my kids at school, like, when I grow up, I'm going to go work at Disney, and that would be the job to have. <laughs>
0: How fun would that, that is be? A
1: great job. Literally, Kevin is the best.
0: Mm-hmm. I I mean, I don't I don't have any proof for this, but she seems to always find us whenever we're in Animal Kingdom. So I think she has taken a liking to us.
3: Yes. Oh, for sure. Oh, very nice.
0: <laughs> Well, good deal. Well, thank you for the introductions. We also want to learn about what are your Disney stories? How did you fall in love with it? How has it grown over time? What has been that journey for both of you?
3: Well, you want to start kind of with uh, sure. our journey together? Yes.
2: So we actually met at Disney doing our Disney college program back in 2016, which was completely out of the blue because we were both originally from the state of Michigan we had truly never met up until our college program and that kind of sparked an additional side love of disney i'll have oh, yeah. to say <laughs> yeah that,
3: that that became the conduit for what we're doing today pretty obviously much.
2: yeah it built it pretty much built the foundations of our entire not only our friendship but then our relationship and now marriage <laughs> yeah
3: i mean it's it's not hard to have uh a long lasting relationship when your date night becomes going to a theme park, you know, like every night where <laughs> if you didn't get in for free, you would be spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars exactly. every week. So, so that was, that was kind of an easy way to, yeah. to maintain a, a nice, loving, happy Disney-fied relationship. So.
2: I mean, our first true date was, if you've ever heard of the four park challenge, mm-hmm. it is the most crazy, like dawn to dusk experience ever. So you get up super early in the morning and you rope drop magic kingdom and you pretty much go all day and do all four parks, try and ride as many rides at every single park and take as many modes of transportation as physically possible. And that was our first date. It started at, I believe like six 30 in the morning. And I don't think we got back to our like college program housing until
3: it was after midnight. midnight. yeah. And if that does not secure a
2: first date, if you can handle that much time in a theme park in the heat with someone, you've got you've got a good one there.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. I would say you can definitely learn a lot about someone <laughs> in that situation of, you know, how do they approach the parks? You know, do you go right or left at World Showcase? I mean, there's no just all doubt. kinds of decisions that really tell about someone's personality at that point. Absolutely. Oh, the, only,
1: the only thing I can think of is like when I get hungry, it's not a good situation. So I can imagine going that long, you have to get hungry. So you have to check that out, see how that's going to go.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, uh, what's etiquette dealing with food yeah. and procedure <laughs> and, uh, what, what happens when the blood sugar gets a little bit low too? That's an always, <laughs> an yeah. always a vital thing to figure out. How many
2: times out. is it appropriate to ask for corn dog nuggets
3: on a first date? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that was that was a good uh, a starting point that that is you know never never stopped our Disney love and and our love to each other
2: exactly I mean my my true Disney start was as a baby visiting Disneyland I mean I visited Disneyland very very young and then all the time coming as a kid to Disney World with my family I mean I voluntarily turned down a ski trip. To come to Disney for my senior year of high school, like spring break. (laughs) Not many seniors do that.
3: Yeah.
1: So, I mean, if both of you did the college program, did you have the same kind of upbringing, Josh, where you just knew that you had to do the college program when it was, you know, when you got old enough?
3: You know, my situation was actually a little bit different. Um, I'm I'm a media professional now. Um, That's what I've been doing for almost as long as I can remember. And when I was in college, I was going to Michigan state for film and television production. And I had thought my future was always going to be in New York city and Los Angeles. But, uh, Deep down, um, I always had a love for Disney. My first trip to Disney World was when I was five. Um, and then we loved it so much as a family. We came every year since uh, up until I went off to college, me being the oldest um, child in the family. Once we went off to college, the family vacations kind of started to stop. And I started to kind of get a little bit homesick uh, towards the beginning of my sophomore year. And, uh, that's when I went around to, uh, a, a very, um, serendipitous visit to my college of communication arts and sciences where they had a whole bunch of job flyers on the wall. And in this particular, uh, bulletin board that they had set up was a flyer for the Disney college program. And that was kind of right when that homesick feeling was kind of kicking in for the first time in my college experience. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this will bring me back to kind of the feeling of of togetherness and family, just because Disney always gave me such good memories uh, when we were on vacation during my childhood. Um, so I figured I would apply kind of on a whim, just because I didn't think there was anything that was going to be for me career-wise at the Disney company, especially starting... On a college program where you can't really pick your role uh, or anything like that, and there and there especially was nothing to do with videography or, or filmmaking or television on the college program. Um, but I got in, and it was one of the best decisions I could have made. Just because now I realize it was kind of stupid for me to think that there would be nothing career oriented for me there, uh, when I now realize it's just a, a foot in the door to a media conglomerate of a company that Disney is. So <laughs> there was plenty to do for me after the college program had ended, obviously, but it took some time.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and obviously I think we'll get to it about your story of getting your foot in the door at Walt Disney Imagineering. Uh, But also both of you, you know, did you ever imagine whenever you did the first college program and you moved down and went through traditions and, and did everything involved with that? Did you ever think that I I would suppose you didn't expect you would meet your spouse down here, (laughs) but did you ever expect that you would stay in Central Florida or was the plan always to go back to Michigan?
2: So my plan from pretty much day one of the day, I knew that I could apply for the college program, which I learned about while I was on my senior spring break in high school. I went into college with basically a plan knowing I was doing the Disney College program. And that was pretty much the end all be all of, of everything. I mean, I did my college program. And I graduated early. And within a few months of knowing I was back down at Disney, I took my senior finals and less than a week later, I had started a job back with Disney. I, I had accepted actually a professional internship in Disneyland, uh, which is very hard to get come to find out. (laughs) Mm. And I was going to be moving to California in February of 2017. Well, on a whim at Thanksgiving dinner, I just decided to apply for a job in Florida. And about five minutes into the interview, the recruiter basically said, we'd love to have you. Can you be here by Friday? And this was Tuesday. And I went, I (laughs) haven't taken my senior finals yet. Um, Can we push that a little So I was back, I took my last senior finals on December 10th. And by December 18th, I had started working for Disney again. And it was the best decision. So I always knew I wanted to come back to Florida and come back to Disney in some way, shape or form. And I've been back since December of 2016. And I don't really plan on going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Truth be told, uh, my decision was kind of a little bit influenced by hers, which I'm totally fine with, obviously. Um, But she was a year and a half older than I was Uh, when she went back to Disney. I still had a year and a half of college left. Um, And I was still kind of fully convinced that I would still be in Los Angeles or New York. Um, But this time, after I did my college program and got my foot in the door, uh, it would be with Disney in some capacity, whether I was with um, uh, the studios over in Burbank in California or with ABC Television in New York City doing something film and television related. I thought I would still be doing that um, until I did a little bit more research towards the end of my college journey around uh probably the last... A couple of weeks of my junior year leading into my senior year, I got on this big um, Imagineering kick. And I can't remember exactly what started it out. Um, it, it wasn't one specific instance that kind of got got my butt into gear on wanting to search for everything imagineering other than the fact that I think Colleen showed me a job listing for a professional internship down in Florida that was videography related and I was like oh okay I thought those were all in you know the the big media production states not Florida so I decided to do a little bit more research and then 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 came the imagineering bug and I learned as much as I possibly could about imagineering from a videography perspective and I was still I was still interested in Imagineering from the other perspective and and history and lore and stuff like that, but not something so videography specific. And then eventually uh, came the internship that I wanted to apply for. Uh, I applied for it uh, the end of my junior year. And, um, that one I was a finalist for, and I had an interview with my eventual boss. Um, but he said, you're going back to college for your senior year, I assume. And we can only get you for three months over the summer. So we're going to put you on the back burner because we have somebody in place right now who has a full year of, uh, availability. And I was like, okay, I will apply back once I have a full year of availability, uh, after my senior year and I'll, I'll make sure to get right back in touch with you. And I did. And that's how I got my job just because I was persistent and, and stayed in touch with my eventual boss, which was great. But yeah, uh, at, once I got my butt into gear into thinking that I wanted to go back to imagineering uh, Florida kind of became the end all be all. And here we are today.
0: Well, I'm sure you guys can appreciate And you know that, you know, all those steps uh, had to fall in place for it to come to be. And, you know, I'm sure many people, if there's young people listening or college students are jealous of the journey that you yeah. both took. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's just a testament that you're both very committed and very devoted. And I think it shows through in all of your content. And kind of what you mentioned already is that both of you just love to learn and to absorb information and to get to know interesting people. So I'm interested, you know, obviously you do very, you do a lot of different things, but. Uh, I guess you would probably agree that TikTok is where you're putting most of your time right now. So what was it that, what was the initial spark that made you create a TikTok account? Like, Because I know for us, it kind of started as a joke and then it became serious later. It's still kind of a joke. But, (laughs) uh, you know, what was it that initially piqued your interest on that platform?
3: Well, it's still, (laughs) it's still definitely a joke. It's still definitely a joke for me because my account that... You never use it. Yeah, I never use it, but I, I still post things that I find funny on there occasionally. It's got like... 12 followers maybe <laughs> compared to the over 110,000 now of hers so but yeah. but I think I think we have a friend to thank yeah, for I our involvement in TikTok. So
2: my really good friend Sarah um Sarah Buskirk if you're listening girl it's all because of you. <laughs> <laughs> um she had a TikTok long before I did and she would keep sending me different TikTok videos. Well, have you ever been sent a TikTok video via iMessage, it does not come across in one message. It comes across in like four, sometimes five messages. And she's like, Colin, you just have to download one. Like, I want to send you stuff. We want to, I want to share things with you. And I was like, I don't have time. I hadn't, at this point, Disney had not shut down yet. So I was heavily invested in work, plugging it away. We were in the middle of spring break at Disney. And as anyone who has ever visited Disney in the middle of March, you know, it is hectic. <laughs> um, so it was the last thing on my mind. Well, about two or three days into my first not going to work, my husband was still working. I didn't really have anything else to do, but sit and watch TV. I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll download it. Like I'll sit and I'll watch. And I remember the very first TikTok I ever made. And it was literally a video of my plants that I was attempting to grow on our patio. And it got like 12 views. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this is so much effort to try and like... And I'm not really a big technology person. So like I have my iPhone. I have my Mac for school. But my iPad is 99% of the time used for Disney Plus or Netflix. And the most technology that I know is my like actual DSLR camera. Like I know that like the back of my hand. But everything else is very much up in the air. Josh is really the tech guru of mm-hmm. the family. Like he has smart everything, our house. <laughs> <laughs> like if I wanted the TV on, all I would have to do is tell our lovely Alexa, and she'll probably pop up. It's fine. <laughs> and everything turns on. I am not that way. So it was very funny when I finally like decided to download it and I started kind of just doing a few little things. And when I first got it started, it was just random, like it popped into my head and I thought it was funny. And I was gonna make a video about it because that was what I was trying to figure out what TikTok was all about.
3: And it, it took you a while to it actually did. create your first Disney video. Oh, yeah, like it I, was a
2: while. You
3: you kind of started out wanting to keep work and pleasure yeah. on TikTok separate. You you had yeah. some qualms about it at first, I did. and then you finally made a Disney TikTok, and things started to super, click.
2: Super, super, quote unquote homesick. I was just sad that I wasn't at work. I mean, I yeah am literally in love with the Disney company, and I work with kids. So I'm a children's activities hostess, so I am on the pool deck. Having parties with the kids, jamming out to music and sitting at home was just kind of like, what is happening? Like I haven't done this since college when I didn't have anything to do. And I don't even remember what my first true Disney TikTok was. Actually I do now that I'm thinking about it. I made it was the worst transition video I think I've ever done. And it would make sense because it was early on. Yeah. It was literally a video about me saying I don't need to go to Disney to be happy. And it was me literally just putting on a different, like, layer of clothing and a different Mickey ear. And I kept, like, <laughs> running into the office. Is the costume change working. one.
3: Yeah, I remember that one. Because
2: I was like, I need to grab this. And he's in the middle of a conference call in our office. And I'm like, because that's where all of our Disney stuff is. And I'm, like, running in and I'm grabbing my Dole Whip fan and the my Mickey ears. And then the lightsaber came. And then the sweatshirt came. <laughs> And he keeps looking at me and finally he comes into the other room and he's like just looking at me and I'm sitting at my vanity trying to record this video taped. Like I didn't have a a stand at the time.
3: We we still don't have a cell phone
2: tripod. I'm I'm eventually gonna have to get there because my my super awesome janky, my dad would be super proud of my rigged uh, phone holder. Is a vice grip taped to a wine bottle?
3: Yep, <laughs> the guys are still all be proud.
2: It. But it does the job. Yeah.
3: But so so that, that TikTok that TikTok was like the first instance where you didn't necessarily gain like a whole bunch of views. It didn't go viral, no. but you gained followers yeah. who were
2: They understood the struggle of not being at Disney yeah. and wanting to be at Disney. Yeah, they,
3: they they wanted that content because they couldn't get it for themselves with the yeah. parks shut down.
2: And then honestly from there it was like, okay, well like let's do some more like Disney videos. And then you were actually in my first kind of Disney video that went, min. I mean, how many, I can't even at this point now say viral now that I have like five or six videos over 1 million, almost 2 yeah, million views. Yeah, it's hard to gauge. But this one got like, at the time, I thought it was super cool that I got 4,000 views. Yeah, it
3: went like astronomical in those terms. It
2: did. It went from having 100 views on each thing. And then I woke up the one morning and this video we had made had gotten 4,000. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? So it was a clothing change video of us on what we'd like to wear to each one of the parks. Um,
3: yeah, what we would Disney bound as Disney if we went as. to like <laughs> all four parks.
2: And that one, everyone was like, Oh my god, like all the all the Disney vibes and I was like, that was the whole point. I just wanted to feel cool and wear my Disney clothes, not awkwardly walking around my house anymore but
3: that that was the point when you decided that you were going to try and make Disney uh TikToks like primarily like 95 percent of your content creation at that point would be Disney park stuff
2: at least in some way shape or form I mean I went through some I also watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy which I can totally talk about because it is it is an ABC Shondaland product (laughs) but Mm. I went through my I have I would probably say it's like 90 10 Ninety percent Disney and ten percent Grey's Anatomy, mm. but at this still point, it's ABC, only, it's it's
0: still ABC. It's all Disney. It's all
2: Disney, exactly. But got have I a sprinkle
0: through. of something different. We yeah. have Corgis as yeah. yeah. exactly. our sprinkle. My
2: entire personality cannot just be Disney. know yeah. let's be real.
3: You could go it back is. to your. You could go back to your succul- succulents now, probably if you wanted to. <laughs> oh,
2: I totally first. could, and it would probably still get views. But it'd be like <laughs> they'd be like, oh yeah succulents cool yeah
3: very first yeah oh geez it's
2: always funny to think back and I'm like that I literally tried so hard to match up it was a duet which is what was even funnier it was a duet with someone who was literally singing to their plants and I was like I gotta match up the plants and it took me probably two hours to make this like super short video and now I've actually like learned how to video edit because I did not know how to video edit at all And being married to someone who is a professional video editor for a living was like the most stressful, like, Josh, I don't know how to do this. And he was like, you need to learn if you're going to do this. And I was like, okay, I got this. And now I'm, I edit almost all
1: of the videos now and I'm, they're slowly getting better. I think they are. It's really funny to hear the whole evolution of everything because I mean, TikTok is just such a wild place where you can put anything that you want. So to kind of walk through those steps, I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or whatever kind of, you know, outlet it is, is finding what interests you. And of course, you know, Disney is at the top of the list. And then, you know, kind of taking that. So you started making Disney videos as like a fun outlet during just COVID. But now, you know, you've really started, you know, these different series. So you have your hidden Disney magic series. You did the Ask an Imagineer series. So like, how did those things come to be?
2: So the Ask and Imagineer
1: one actually came,
2: came because I was going through some old Disney pins and some old things that he had actually brought back from his office when he was at Imagineering. And right around the time he ended his professional internship with Imagineering was the same week that he flew up to Michigan for our wedding. (laughs) Yeah.
3: That was what what my PI ended for. Yeah. (laughs) His PI ended a little early because
2: we went on our honeymoon.
3: (laughs) So the (laughs) stuff, yeah, yeah, you were rifling through the stuff that I brought back and you came across. I came
2: across his name tag and I, there was a pin that I had purchased for him um that said Walt Disney Imagineering and just a bunch of different different cool Disney Imagineering things that he had all brought back from his office and I made a video just about it was hey my husband was a Walt Disney World Imagineer look at all the cool stuff I have in my house and that kind of just sparked people were like oh my gosh like your husband was an Imagineer like that's so cool and a bunch of people just started kind of commenting on that video and they were like oh my gosh like that's so cool like can I be friends with him like can I ask him a question Like <laughs> what media can I connect with them on to ask them a question? And I was like, you know what, like we should just do something where people can ask you the questions that you couldn't really ask anyone that you had. Yeah. And
3: we were kind of at least a little bit in shock just because of all the response that we were getting. Then we had to, we slowly figured it out that, oh, well, it's, it's all going to be the people we're connecting with via the comments on the TikToks or via other social media. I mean, that, that's going to be how we get all of our our series together because yeah. it's, it's all about the feedback that we get from our audience. So yeah. it's, it's the people who we're interacting with. Honestly, that, that's yeah. what makes the content.
2: I mean, that's, that's the other reason that hidden Disney magic came about was we were walking. I finally was able to get Disney reservations to take him to Hollywood studios, which is, his like all time favorite because We've been blocked out for a period of time. And someone had commented on a video. I made a secret video that I was going to be surprising him and I like printed out our park reservation and I was like okay everybody I'm going to film his response and let you know what happens and just a bunch of people were like well let us know what's good in the parks right now because a lot of people haven't been able to come down one because of covid and two because of kind of the time frame that everything unfortunately happened I mean a lot of times people come down in that late spring break early summer period and with it being closed, a lot of people hadn't been down to the park since Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway opened and Rise of the Resistance opened. So people were just kind of curious as to what kind of all was happening, and that was kind of our spark of okay, well, let's showcase some of the more not as mainstream things in the parks that we know about and we notice because we go all the time. And he had a hand in some of them, so I was like, you know what, let's let's showcase additional things that we know Disney fans want to see. And then maybe even the people who, because personally I'm one of those people, I'm like, oh, I think I know everything about Disney. And then something will pop up and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. I learned something new today. So it's just kind of a fun way to get connected with people and and learn from all over the world. I mean, we've had people comment on videos and and be a part of lives from, we had New Zealand and Germany and Mexico and Brazil. I mean, countries that, I would have never thought anyone from another country would be caring in any way, shape, or form about anything I had to say. I was like, that was probably the coolest. I got a little emotional in our last live just because we had people who were like, oh, check tuning in from here and tuning in from here. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like people actually want, they want to get to know us. They want to know our story. They, they want to listen to us. And that was kind of the coolest thing because my Instagram before TikTok had like, 500 followers, and I think all 500 were either people from my hometown back in Michigan, people from my college, or people I met on the Disney College program.
3: Well, it's, it's a testament, I think, to when, once you find your niche, I mean, you're, you're going to get people all over the world. And if you put out specific content, um, like the hidden Disney magic stuff, and they're all interested in, in those Disney things where they know most of the things about the parks and, and you know, how to how to find their way through Magic Kingdom or Epcot or Hollywood or Animal Kingdom. Uh, they know how to get certain places, but they don't know a lot of the history behind certain things or how uh, this particular attraction came to be. And and once you found that niche, it, it became easy uh, for, for everything to kind of fall into place and us to make those series and, and things like that.
2: And honestly, it gave, it gave a little bit of the magic that unfortunately COVID kind of took from me a little bit, not being able to be at work, it kind of gave that back to me, which is why I think I have such an amazing time getting to connect with all of our followers. And even honestly, this has been a great bonding experience for the two of us to be able to learn this together. I mean, this is something neither of us have ever truly done. I mean, we're doing a a lot of video right now. And this is insane. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so excited to be doing this. And it's definitely something Six months ago, when I got started in TikTok, I would have never in a million years thought I would have had almost 113,000 followers and close to 4 million likes. I mean, that's just something that no one sits down thinking that's going to happen.
0: Well, and I think, you know, if, if from an outside perspective, when I view hidden Disney magic, for example, I think a lot of times creators... And especially with Disney, we'll kind of err on, am I for beginners or am I for the repeat visitors? Mm -hmm. And I think Hidden Disney Magic does such a great job of attracting both audiences because the people like us who go all the time, there's always something new to learn. I mean, that's what keeps us going back is, is finding those little details that you never knew before or the backstory of something that you that you never quite got a grasp on, but even the newcomers who maybe have been to the parks once or twice, or maybe they've never even been before. I think it is so intriguing to them to be able to say like, this is such a deep, rich place that I can go and there's no way that I can absorb all of it. And I think that's a really sweet spot that you were able to find of getting both sides of that. If that makes sense.
3: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: That honestly it makes me think of so we loved watching the Imagineering story on Disney Plus when it first came out. And that makes me think so much of how how Walt's entire plan for Disney as a whole was that it is never done being created. It's it never stops. And that's one of those things with with the hidden Disney magic videos, is there will always be something we can we can showcase, whether it is truly secretive or hidden, or whether it's something that it might be hidden to someone who just hasn't visited this park yet. I mean, we've had people actually private message us and say, because of your videos, we're going to book a trip and come to Florida because we now know a little bit about what, not what they're getting into, but what they're what they're coming to see. And that's, that's amazing just because, I mean, I remember back to my very first trip coming to Disney World as a kid, going underneath that archway that said Walt Disney World. I freaked out like if i'm ever having a bad day my parents actually recorded it if i'm ever Mm -hmm. having a bad day i can actually go back and i have it saved on my phone and i always think this is why i do this because there is a kid somewhere out there who is having the same reaction going underneath that archway and if i can even be a millimeter of amazing for them their day is gonna be made like mine was so many years ago. And that's honestly, I think what drives me for this these videos on TikTok is that I have parents who are telling me that they're they're feeling like they're a kid again. They're getting back the magic that COVID took from so many people right now. And that's honestly the best part about this is it's giving, giving hope, it's giving magic back, which is Disney's entire goal in the long run, no matter what, whether it's going to the parks, watching the movies, experiencing music. All of that is just pretty much what it's what Disney wants. It's what Walt's entire goal was.
3: Yeah, it's a a testament uh, to the level of storytelling from completely high level to the most intricate details that Disney has in all of its theme parks, all of its movies, Um, just because it also enables all of the guests to the park to experience and tell their own story by making memories for vacations and watching movies and things.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think that's something that we definitely connect with is that, you know, sharing magic and allowing people who are not as close to Disney or who are maybe missing some of that spark that they need, getting to share that, making those connections, continuing to share the stories, because we love that too about Disney. I think that's something that so many people can relate to. And I think that Shows in the success that you've been able to have for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you're both a wealth of knowledge in so many ways. And one thing that we're curious about is how do you continue to learn new things about the parks? You know, do you have a go to resource? Do you, I don't know? Just how do you learn more about the parks all the time?
2: I would say, honestly, just kind of walking around. So, one of the things we we used to do probably the most when we were on our college program was we would just kind of go in blind to a park and just see where we ended up and, and kind of watching the shows we don't normally watch. And and that's kind of been one of those things that we just kind of like to explore.
3: Yeah. With, with no agenda whatsoever, we would just kind of go and say, you know, I don't, know a ton about this. I've never been around this particular corner in the park. Uh, like you were saying, left versus right when you enter a park. Well, I let's go that. Let's go this way today and, and see if we uh, see something that catches our eye that normally doesn't whenever we walk uh, in a certain direction once the park opens. But uh, we also surround ourselves with people who like to do the same thing and are kind of trying to expand their Disney knowledge actively. Like we are, we're, we're both academics. We think of things in academic terms, um, in whatever that may be in our day to day lives. We're always continually trying to learn about things. Um, just because we like to pass on that information, just like we do with all the hidden Disney stuff to friends and family that might not know. Um, But yeah, it's... We're we're constantly learning. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I would say the other thing that, that always helped me is so when I first came down to work for the company on my college program, even before Josh and I had even met, one of my first... Probably my first few nights as a cast member, I actually just went into each one of the parks, spent an entire day completely by myself and just walked around because I'd been to the parks a lot as a kid. But I mean, when you think about how much can change weekly to yearly to over a decade, it changes so quickly that you might have done something 10 years ago and it might still be there, but it might look a little different. Yeah. So for instance, the, um, Peter Pan at magic kingdom is my mom's absolute favorite ride. Like hands down. I don't think we can take her to magic kingdom without like riding it at least, riding it at least. Yeah. It's, Mm. it's a definite must. I had ridden it back on my Disney car. I'd ridden it before my college program. I wrote it on my college program. And then it actually got a beautiful refurbishment. And I just hadn't ridden it in a while. And my mom came down and was like, we have to ride Peter Pan. So of course, we're starting to go through the queue. And I'm like, I don't remember this. And it got a beautiful upgrade. And it's one of those things where if you've ridden it years ago, it looks at the outside like it's the same. But the inside has changed to where it's that different type of magic that you get to see that you might not have noticed it or heard about a refurbishment on it, but it's there if you just take a little bit longer to look at it.
3: Yeah, it's always kind of something that I try and tell people about uh, whenever they're asking about the benefits of working for the Walt Disney Company. Well, uh, it always comes across, and this is kind of the most understood thing about it. Um, it always comes across that you are given the benefit of being able to go into the parks for free as a cast member just for the sake that it's your benefit. You work for the company, so you automatically get uh, free admission, and that's, that's just your your fun little thank you for being a cast member uh, when in actuality you're supposed to be taught in traditions that you get free admission into the parks. So you can learn about our constantly changing stories that we're trying to tell in all of our parks. So you can better relay that information onto guests. I mean, you're supposed to constantly be learning about all of the fun things that we have to offer. um, and, yeah. It, it's, it's usually misunderstood just because, oh, we get to go in and, and ride things for free just because we're a cast member and we have that entitlement. And it's, it's supposed to be a learning experience. It really is. And I think we both took that the oh, same way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I will say the other thing that has additionally helped with the Hidden Disney Magic with getting some of the videos we've been able to get is since the parks are at a lower capacity right now, we're able to video things a little bit more of a wide angle so guests can truly see yeah, fully you. where they're located. I mean, one of the videos that I would have never in a million years thought would go pretty quickly actually was Cinderella's fountain or wishing wishing well and her fountain, which are one is on the kind of that walkway up near Tomorrowland behind the castle. And then it's on the other side near Bippity Boppity. And a lot of people were like, I've never seen this walkway before. And it's because previously we've had a lot of crowds and the standby line to meet Merida kind of winds up that pathway that most people don't even realize that that's a beautiful area for pictures and proposals, and it was just nice to be able to showcase that because so many people were like, "Oh my goodness, I've been to Disney a hundred times and I've never even seen this," and that's definitely been been a, a good opportunity for us is to utilize that the parks are at a little bit lower capacity and there isn't as much crowd, so we're able to get some better. Some better views. I mean, that's, that's no different than the footprints that are in Toy Story Land. Most people don't realize that there's ginormous footprints on the ground because there's normally a decent amount of people walking around. But with with lower crowds, we can definitely get those bigger bigger videos, focus more on the smaller details, and, and really showcase what small magic goes into every day with designing that Disney does.
3: Yeah, that's been helpful too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can, we are definitely on the same page. I mean, that, that always furthering your education and your knowledge about the parks is something that, you know, obviously you had to do it as cast members that you, that you took that, um, benefit very literally and, and, and used it to your advantage. But obviously, you know, there's also fans like Catherine and I who who do that same aspect as well. And, and the crowds have benefited us as well. I We were in Magic Kingdom last week and went out into the little alcove right there before Starbucks that, mm-hmm. you know, we normally walk back there because it's normally pretty quiet. But it was so quiet that we could hear the dance lessons so much more clearly than we ever have before mm-hmm. going on on the second floor. And like we have probably been back there a hundred times and, you know, you maybe catch a glimpse of audio here and there, but this time it's like, you could hear the words that were being said. You could hear all of the tap dancing. And so it is just something that if you make a devotion to that, you will, you will never learn it all. There's always more stuff that you can go discover.
3: Absolutely.
2: I think it's also nice being able to do this is also kind of giving an additional shout out to the creative team and the creative minds behind everything. I mean, there's there's things we've been able to showcase that people have never really known about or truly been able to see, or they don't know the stories behind it. And people finding out those stories has been so much of the joy. I mean, I came across some of my old VHS Disney sing-along tapes. And those used to make me just over the moon as a kid. And I've been posting some of those. And and the responses from everyone, from the young kids to the adults going, Oh my goodness, I remember this. This took me back to my childhood. This gave me, this gave me the boost I needed today. Those comments are probably the comments that make me every day go, okay, I'm going to put my glasses on. I'm going to sit down in front of the computer and I'm going to edit <laughs> mm. because that, that's what makes it worth it. I mean, that's, it's the same, like when I'm at work and someone comes up and they go, We just had so much fun with you at the pool. Like you made our vacation. That's honestly what, what gets me through long, hot days outside wearing a mask. I mean, it's, it's the magic that I get to give to the guests and then they give back to me.
3: It's the same feeling as when you go into the parks and you find something you've never seen or or heard before. It's that, it's that same exact feeling. It's
2: the excitement.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. We're with you. Uh, so this has been such a great chat. We love learning more about both of your stories and and developing this creative outlet. We do want to make sure just in case, I don't think it's going to be a thing, but just in case TikTok goes away, we got to make sure that people <laughs> can connect with you other ways as well. And I know that you also have your Etsy shop. So could you just tell us what do you like creating over there? How can people find it? Um, and just tell us a little bit about that.
2: Perfect. So I actually started my Etsy back in October of last year. Um, it kind of just started as a fun side hobby. I have always loved art. I've always been an artist, um, but I wanted to kind of transition into doing greeting cards because I've always made homemade cards for all of my family and friends for birthdays and holidays. And this was kind of just a nice outlet to come home and and almost de stress while doing it. As well as it's always nice to make some extra money on the side de-stressing. I mean, those two never go hand in hand. <laughs> so it's definitely been nice. I, I'm i working on more Disney stuff right now. TikTok kind of took over. I had planned on doing a whole bunch more with, uh, with my Etsy and then TikTok kind of, uh, bumped the Etsy out but I'm getting back into it that's for sure (laughs) well
3: you you got into an interesting place with Etsy because you you made one particular product uh that went completely bonkers and you're still getting like daily orders of that it's it's a it's a greeting card for uh the office specifically like a birthday card for the office Um, it was
2: actually made for for our good friend Sarah The one who introduced me to TikTok, it was for her as a baby shower card (laughs) that um, they're huge office fans and her baby shower, her surprise baby shower was a, it is a baby office themed off of uh, one of the episodes with Dwight and Jim. And I just kind of was sitting down watching TV the one night and it popped into my head is this would be a hilarious balloon, crazy streamer card for a baby shower. And I gave it to her and it was supposed to be a one-off. And she looked at me and was like, you have to put this on your Etsy page. (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 like it's a one-off card. It's just for you. And she's like, no, no, like please put it on your page. And sure enough, I, I, all the time that card comes in as like a commonly requested, requested card for it. So, I mean, that's definitely been a niche on there. I'm definitely working into getting some more Halloween and definitely some Christmas cards because Mickey Christmas is the best.
3: Yeah. You're Why di- not? Your Disney stuff is starting to ramp up. Yeah. You're also doing now vinyl stickers. Yeah. And, and getting into
2: some vinyl stickers, working on uh, car decals. I've done some car decals for some families and friends. I just haven't exactly put them up in the shop yet, yeah. but we're getting there. And where can <laughs> they find you? Yes. So my Etsy account is Leopard Creations. So just my last name and then Creations. And my Instagram, which is where I'm trying to also transition into a little bit more, just in case TikTok, unfortunately, does get banned. I hope not, but you never know anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So my goal is to get all of my followers, if they would love to follow me, on my Instagram, which is Colleen M. Leppert. So it's pretty much the same as my TikTok for the most part. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, good deal. Of course, we'll put the links to those down in the show notes below so you can connect over there. I did see that today was the most single day downloads that TikTok has ever had.
1: Oh, of course. So- <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, it makes sense.
0: Yep, people are getting it in at the last minute. Well, thank you so much. This has been a great first half of the episode. We're going to take a quick break here message from our partners and then we'll be back to play the FastPass round. Instead of doing our normal ad this week, we wanted to talk a little bit about iTunes reviews. Many of you listen on Apple Podcasts and just like any business and especially an online business, reviews go so far in helping new people give you a shot and try out what you are creating. So if you enjoy what you're hearing, you enjoy learning about these creators each week or the storytelling series, whatever it might be, we would truly appreciate if you give us a five star review on iTunes. It takes just a few seconds. You can do a little write up or just give us the stars. We truly appreciate it. It goes so far in helping the show grow. So don't want to keep you waiting. Now we'll get back to the show and back to the Fast Pass round.
1: All right. So we're back. Are you guys ready?
0: Yeah, Perfect. let's do it.
1: Okay. So the first one is just name the Disney character who you'd want to spend the day with.
2: Do it, does it have to be just one? <laughs> I mean, I guess if it's like a duo. I don't know. What are you, what are you thinking? I would, Anything's good. Fra- Rapunzel, Maximus. And Pascal, like this, those three, like I just, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm a big. You're
3: deep into the fan. tangled lore,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: my answer is always a cop out. Um, at least people think it is, just because the Jim Henson Company is now owned by Disney. But uh, mine will always and forever be Kermit the Frog.
1: <laughs> oh, a there man you after go. your own heart, Brendan.
0: Yeah, play some banjo, <laughs> do all <laughs> kinds <laughs> of fun Primo things. I, I'm curious how a Pascal, Maximus, and Rapunzel day would go. I almost feel like you'd have to be a mediator between Pascal and Maximus the whole time.
2: I, I would be okay with that. Because, like, <laughs> the best way to mediate it is for them to not technically, like, fully see each other. So Pascal would be on my shoulder, and I would be like, riding Maximus. <laughs> right and then far. Rapunzel would just be kind of, like, hanging, flying through the trees by her hair.
3: And you've clearly thought a lot about
2: this. Rapunzel <laughs> is my girl. My car is themed After Tangled. Yeah, it is. My car's name is Maximus. I have a Pascal, literally a plush Pascal in my car. Mm -hmm. Like, it does not get any more Tangled than that.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. You're going to have to go to, is that Tokyo or Shanghai that's getting the Tangled area? I can never remember.
2: I believe it's Shanghai. I
0: thought it was. Yeah. Got to book that one once it's open. Yeah, for sure.
2: That has been a topic of discussion for weeks.
0: (laughs) 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 All right. So speaking. Along the same lines as the Jim Henson Company of Disney Umbrellas. So Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars. You can only keep three. One of them has to go. Gone from the parks and gone from the movies. Which one has to go?
2: I'm going to get attacked for this. <laughs> okay, coming from the this side of the world, I have never seen a Star Wars movie so gasp I know. I know wow i know i actually got like booed off the pool deck for this one day like, <laughs> there's, 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 like booed off the pool deck for this i just was never big into star wars ever um so i would say if i had to pick one it would probably be star wars just because I'm, I'm slowly getting into the Marvel universe and I'm enjoying it.
3: And I, I think this question is setting us up for failure just so you guys know, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my answer is unfortunately Marvel because I, I like all that stuff at the parks. It's just, uh, I, before, uh, the Disney acquisition, oh, all no. of the Marvel stuff <laughs> was over at universal That's true. and, uh, universal studios, Florida. That's how I got my start into like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and stuff like that just just because all those rides were over there at Islands of Adventure and, and, and things like that. So <laughs> that's how I got into Marvel, and I, I firmly believe that it was going to stay at Universal, <laughs> and then they started making their transition to rides over into over in Disney, and it's it's just been a little
0: awkward.
1: <laughs> well, I. I think those are both fair. I mean, when you think about it, Star Wars was what I picked too. Honestly, I mean,
0: there's no right answer. No, They're all no. wrong.
1: <laughs> Unless you say Disney, because then that might just
2: not
0: make sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, would, that would be tough. Tough sell on that one.
1: So the next one is our favorites, all about snacks. So, what is your favorite sweet snack?
3: Oh, oh, she, she got you with sweet. You had an <laughs> answer did. all lined I can't up.
1: Answer so, oh much. no. Oh.
3: Um, another cop-out for me, just because I still think this is overlooked at, uh, at Disney, or well, at least in one specific spot in Disney, but the uh, the crepes in France, I, I think people just think that uh, crepes are kind of standard all throughout the world. If there's a crepe stand, it's going to taste like one particular thing, and the crepes in France at Epcot World Showcase are Absolutely fantastic and they will always be my go-to for a sweet snack. If I need something sugary and delicious uh to get my energy up while I'm walking and drinking around the world at Epcot.
2: <laughs> I would have to say if if we're going strictly something you can only ever get at Disney, it would have to be the orange citrus swirl oh, yes. in Magic Kingdom. Just because it's probably I think the only place you can get the orange, like the citrus swirl. If we're not just talking only getting at Disney, then the creme brulee at the patisserie.
3: Oh, yeah. That is
2: honestly probably the best creme brulee I've ever had. And every time we go somewhere and I order it, I'm like, it's not the same as eating it at Epcot.
3: So there you have it. Two votes for France. the
1: (laughs) (laughs) Those are fun. And those are ones I would never thought of either one of those, honestly. Oh, yeah. No. So I have to know, Colleen, since you had (laughs) something else lined up, you piqued my interest. What was your other go-to snack?
3: Your your savory pick. My
1: savory pick
2: is an Animal Kingdom. And it is at the Mr. Kamal stand. It is the Mr. Kamal Seasoned Fries. Honestly, that is my hands-down favorite snack. Like I cannot go to Animal Kingdom and not pick them up you
3: can't go to disney without thinking about them i mean (laughs) you're in other parks and you're like oh i wish they had mr kamal's fries we
2: were we were literally filming a video last night and everyone everyone's questions was about like snacks and disney food and i was like is it a cop-out if for the third time i say they need to try mr kamal's fries like will they understand (laughs) how important (laughs) and monumental these fries are
0: that stand is a win win for us because I love the dumplings that they have there. So, oh, those are really good. We go. just order the whole menu yeah. and then we go to those little <laughs> hidden seats back there, like where King Louie people. and Baloo used to yes. meet. And it's a perfect <laughs> day. Hidden exactly. Disney magic.
1: Exactly. Yes. No, you're not allowed show. to put that on TikTok because that really want is it. hidden. <laughs> I won't. That's the perfect
2: spot. Because the last time I, I, I got. Destroyed for putting our proposal spot. So he proposed to me at the Magic or at a Polynesian for the last night of wishes, and I put a video of like walking to the secret spot. And within thirty minutes, it had three hundred thousand views.
3: Oh, and just people people were in uproar.
2: They were like, (laughs) "They're telling the secrets." People are going to know. Yeah, and they're I'm all
3: like, going to move from the beach to this particular spot up I'm on the like, hill to watch I'm fireworks
0: like, now.
2: Okay. Sorry. I just wanted to share where he got proposed to. Okay, <laughs> hey, <come on. laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Oh, well. That is something. TikTok comments can be vicious.
2: (laughs) Yes.
0: It's just part of it, part of the game, but that's what makes it fun, right?
2: Two (laughs) spectrums. They're either vicious or they're like, oh my God, I love you. I want to meet you. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We have been asked many times when we do our lives, like face reveal, face reveal, face reveal. It's like, okay, I'm going to show you Cinderella Castle instead. I think that's (laughs) a little bit better. Um, Okay. I'm excited to ask both of you this because I bet, You have some good answers. Your favorite animatronic of all time.
3: Oh, you have no clue. Oh, well, all right. Well, I'll go first, I'll let her think. Um, this one I actually saw being built, um, but it is the shaman at the end scene of, um, Oh, God. Navi Riverdale. Yeah, Navi. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I just completely lost the name. Um, but it is Disney's most advanced A1000 animatronic. Uh, I saw it being built backstage at Animal Kingdom. It is a technological marvel, and all the guys who worked on it were Fantastic people who I got to work with, thankfully, and uh, yeah, it's just it was amazing to see it all being put together, and and that will always be my favorite. And do, <laughs> do you have one yet? No.
2: Okay. I have one. I have two. I'll say this. Okay, go ahead. So I love Figment. Figment. Figment is very high up there on my like top Disney characters, and I love Journey to Imagination with Figment. I just wish the Figment animatronic did not look as scary as he does. <laughs> he looked much better in the original ride. Mm-hmm. I will say that. So Figment is definitely the one of my top. The other one is kind of an obscure one that people are probably going to think is a little weird. When you're riding on dinosaur, there's one really big dinosaur that's eating a tiny dinosaur, and I just <laughs> <it's super> funny <laughs> because like as you're driving by. There's just like, just the tail is wiggling on the one and it's just trying to eat it. And I just think it's funny looking. That,
3: that would be interesting <laughs> to see without the skin, wouldn't it?
2: I just, I don't know. Like that always dinosaur. I love dinosaurs so much. And every time I ride, I can't help but like giggle a little bit. When kids like look over and they're like, the dinosaur is eating the other dinosaur. And I'm giggling in the back. <laughs>
0: Those are some good answers. Yeah, Josh, I'm curious, and I don't know how this overlapped with your time period. Do you think the shaman is still the most advanced or do you think Hondo, Anaka, or I guess Kylo Ren would have surpassed her Um, as far as advancement?
3: You know, and just for a personal touch, I really wish I had gotten to see more of the Star Wars figures being built. Um, I, I just seeing that one and all of its components in play, just because of how big the the Shaman figure was. I, I still think that is by far the most technologically uh, advanced animatronic that they've put in place. But now that there's all of the uh, the face projection stuff, I'm sure there are more technologically advanced ones out there that take way more time to put together but you know just being in the room for them building that one is, is still very special to me but yeah i i think i'm with you in the fact that the star wars ones are probably more technologically advanced more of a marvel um, to to put together and put in a theme part
0: at the disneyland uh galaxy's edge opening when they moved hondo outside I literally lost my mind. I, I couldn't believe that that actually happened. Yeah. Good deal. Those are good ones. Next question. Which movie deserves its own lander attraction? Josh, you may have to go first because we're going to put a caveat on this. Colleen, you can't say Tangled.
3: You cannot say Tangled. I love that.
2: She <laughs> deserves so much more than a bathroom.
3: <laughs> um. Let's see. That's a good question. Um I I'll say uh I wish some of the earlier um Walt Disney specific animations back, you know, we're talking like 1920s, 1930s. Um I I wish that Steamboat Willie and I know it started the entire animation craze for the Disney company, I wish that had more of a representation in some Disney parks. Um I I think a a land or at least a section of a land in black and white dedicated to the early animation would be fantastic in a park. That would be very, very historical for me. Very nostalgic feeling. I'm sure.
0: I can get behind that.
1: Yeah.
2: I, I feel like this is like such a a unfortunate, like it's not technically a cop out answer, So I love (laughs) Tarzan and I wish Tarzan got something in Florida. Because unfortunately, like, there's nothing in Florida. And yes, Tarzan has the Tarzan treehouse yeah, we, in Disneyland. We love the treehouse out in love California. That, but I think it would be super cool to have some sort of, like, swinging rope ride mm. of some kind. Like, a walk through the area where Tarzan, like, the watering. I think that would be such a cool kids yeah. area to have, like, swinging rope vines and, like, a splash water pad and, like, just something cool that... I don't know, and Phil Collins music we yeah, I was playing in say, the background. I was going to say we just
3: need more <laughs> Phil Collins BGM in Florida. That's what we
2: need. <laughs> I, I'm also still like a little bit salty that Tarzan Rocks was taken out of Animal Kingdom. Yeah, that was fun. So thing. that I, I yeah, I wish Tarzan got some was would get some more love in in Walt Disney World.
1: <laughs> I love I, both of those answers. I think those are very creative. Those are kind of outside the box, but very. I feel like very. Doable at the same time. Exactly. Those are good. So the last question we'll ask you for our fast pass round: If you could experience one past attraction or a show, what would it be?
3: Do you have one, or do you want me to go? You can go first. Okay. I've got multiple
2: that I'm trying to decide which is the most important.
3: Um, my entire uh, family, uh, for a long time, has been uh, aviation focused. Because we flew everywhere when we went on vacations. Um, My brother, for a good portion of his childhood, um, was a flight guru, um, and he went plane spotting at airports and things like that. Um, And he took a a slight break from that uh, in his childhood during like high school, and now he's going to college to become a pilot, and he's studying aviation and all that kind of stuff. Um, So. Early on, uh, we would see home movies of my dad when he went to Disney World, where his dad took a video camera on If You Had Wings, and I would have loved to experience that particular ride at uh, Magic Kingdom, back back when If You Had Wings and the, uh, the love of air travel was broadcast in a Disney attraction. <laughs> I would have loved to have uh, ridden that one.
2: I would say, I'm a little torn because I slightly remember the old figment, not the old, old, not the original figment. Mm. I remember the secondary version of what became now our journey into imagination with figment. I would like to see the original Tony Baxter version
3: with dreamfinder with
2: dreamfinder mm-hmm. and and just go back into that rainbow tube again. But I also would really love to experience 20,000 leagues under the sea here in Florida. Oh yeah. I mean that I just love that entire concept, which makes me very excited to go overseas to Tokyo and ride their version of 20,000 leagues under the sea. So I'm really excited for that. So yeah. I think those two would be my my two that I could bring back.
0: Solid. Yeah. Can't argue with any of those. So thank you so much for playing the Fast Pass round. I really loved your answers and letting us get to know more about your Disney fandom. We have one last question that we ask all of our guests. And it's if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into this community, maybe create their own Disney content, or maybe they want to open up a shop, whatever it might be to flex that Disney creative outlet. What would be your advice to that person?
3: You know, I I think your answer for TikTok is my answer in the professional world, and that is constantly keep making content no matter what. And it's such a cliche in media at this point, but content truly is king. Uh, your your first fifty TikToks or so were not Disney related, and once you started making the Disney ones, uh, the followers and connects just started flowing in and as you keep making Disney TikToks, it just it keeps growing exponentially and your audience is getting more and more broad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's just... Even if you're not feeling like it's going anywhere, keep creating content because you never know when it's officially going to stick. Yeah.
2: I would say for me, personally, one, obviously don't give up even if things aren't going as well as you first wanted it to. So when I first started my Etsy page, I didn't get an order from months and then things finally started up and even with tiktok i've barely had followers until things finally started picking up i think the thing for me with making content like josh said is make content that you enjoy and you think others would enjoy as well don't just make con i i'm the person i mean i i can jokingly say this i have never once done a goofy dance on my tiktok and (laughs) i'm still doing well So don't just go with what you think might work. Go with something that you're actually passionate about. Yeah, that's the thing. Because they can tell. I mean, I I go back and I listen to some of my original TikToks and I'm like, I just sound like I'm unhappy. And you have to really love the content you're putting out and have passion and actually feel behind it. Because the passion that you're feeling putting into your videos is what... Your guests or your followers, I mean, me using Disney lingo over here, <laughs> are that's really ultimately why they resonate with your page versus another person putting out Disney content. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of people who talk about Disney, whether it's Etsy, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, whatever media or platform it might be. It's how you come across. And how welcoming you are that makes someone want to connect with you. I mean, I try if I can to reply to everything, but we're getting mean, hard now. It's, it's getting hard. And Josh has been luckily he'll like chat in on stuff when I'm at work and he'll be responding while going to work. And like I answered a majority of it. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we, we've definitely tried and, and answered a lot of independent questions that people have asked. So like, okay, we had one and I'm so excited to hear how it happens. This gentleman messaged us and goes, I'm getting ready to propose to my girlfriend at Disney in a few weeks. What is a good spot? What can I do? And I was like, oh, yes, like we are here. Like, this is what you can do. These are who you need to contact. This is good spots for you. And I was like, let us know how it goes. Like fingers crossed for you, dude. Um, but yeah, it, it's those personal connections, I think that, that make it that much better that originally I wasn't getting. So I guess just,
3: but that's what gets you to love yeah, what you do. What, yeah. That, that's where the passion comes in. So you absolutely have to be passionate and love what you're doing, but you, yeah. you never need to stop creating. You yeah. you can never stop creating. That's, that's how it happens.
2: Yes. I know. I keep having when when's another video getting released and i'm like i'm working on it i literally
1: cannot edit fast
0: enough (laughs) (laughs) it's a good problem to have it is a good problem to have
1: i think that's great advice i mean just keep going you never know i love that you said you know you never know what's going to stick especially on tiktok where it's just a jungle out there
3: yeah but very random
1: oh yeah very very random
2: random. i'm like i i jokingly said this joshua i was like okay this video this one's going to go. I just, I know it. And then it, it didn't do bad, but it wasn't huge. And then I'll upload something and I'm like, okay, that went gangbusters in like 30 minutes.
3: Something that you had on What's the back happening? burner for a rainy day. <laughs> Literally,
2: yeah. It was a, it was a draft. I was like, yeah, I'll post this draft today. And the draft ends up going and I'm like, yeah. okay, I officially no longer understand. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly.
1: That's the fun. And that's, you know, I think that plays into You know, you never know what's going to happen. And then along the way, you meet all these great people. And, you know, I mean, let's see this interview. Exactly.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I've had a few people reach out and they're like, hey, like, we're, we're just starting like our Etsy shops or we're just starting our small accounts. Like, is there any way like you could do anything or help? And I'm like, yeah, send stuff my way. Like, I was the small account that someone actually... I don't want to say mentored, but was just very sweet and very nice to me, and was like, "Don't worry, don't give up. Like you've got this." And and that's ultimately what what my hope is is that I can do that for someone because you never really know why someone downloads an app or does something, and and you might never realize that that's something that makes their entire week. Is helping them out. I mean, that's that's ultimately what it's all about at this point.
3: Yeah, it's it's such a great community being involved with all these Disney creators and in some way or another. I have so so
1: many new friends. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So the last thing that we can connect you with more people, remind our listeners just one more time where they can connect with you online. Perfect. So my TikTok is Colleen Lepp. And then my Instagram
2: is Colleen M. Leopard, And then my Etsy is going to be under Leopard Creations. And we're slowly working on trying to bring back in a YouTube page. But TikTok seems to be taking up the most of
3: the time. <laughs> we're, we're trying to get back into long form. But if you want to reach out on uh, to us on YouTube, it's Living with the Leopards.
0: Perfect. So we'll put the links to all of those in our show notes down below. So we thank you guys so much for joining us. We had such a blast chatting with you today.
3: Oh, thank Thanks you for, for having us. us. It was great.
1: Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show.
0: Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit Detour dot com.
1: We appreciate you letting us be part of your day.
0: See you real soon.